Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. In this episode, I chat with Santiago Mesa, an elementary school principal in California who has served the educational community for more than 15 years. He and his wife have been married for 22 years and have two children, one in middle school and one who will be starting high school this year. Meza is known for leading and living with patience and grace, something that he attributes to being a brain surgery survivor. When he isn't leading his school, he enjoys drawing, listening to music, and reading his Bible. During our conversation, we explored his uncommon approach to leading, which stems from a simple question. Why don't we do for adults what we do for students? He points out that administrators often urge their staff to demonstrate love and caring to their students, yet fail to extend those same courtesies to their staff. How can we expect people to do what we want when we fail to lead by example? Join us as he shares some practical tips for shifting our conceptions and approaches to leadership. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Counter Narrative Podcast. I hope that all of you are doing well out there, that you are staying safe. Um, Today, I have an amazing individual with me. Um, and I and I know I say that all the time, but it's true. It really is true. Uh, I try to make sure that I am connecting with individuals that that resonate, that I know that they're going to bring something in. So today, I have an administrator, a an individual that I have connected with all over Twitter, and has spent you know a, a large amount of time connecting with. And so I'm so excited that we actually get to connect now in this space. Uh, so if you have not ever heard of him. You are in for a treat. Santiago, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for the amazing introduction, buddy. I appreciate that. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's easy to talk about somebody who is just a phenomenal individual. Um, You know, I'll be honest, you know, one of the things that I think whenever I think about you, right, the very first thing that I think about is just the, the joy that kind of just resonates around you. Right. Like the, the smiles that you bring to people's faces, you know, the, the the peace that you kind of just kind of instill in them. And so, you know, I, first of all, before we even get into it, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Oh, for that. I, you know, it's um, truly an honor and a blessing to be able to do things like that. Um, you know, all that joy and all those smiles uh, come with a price. And sometimes that price is the struggles and the demons that we deal with on the mornings or the days. Um, but those are for me to carry, not for anybody else to carry. So when, you know, you see the smiles, you see the joy, it's, um, me making sure that I don't set my troubles on people, but I help them 
you know, grow and have those days where maybe they're struggling too and they need some, just a little bit of support and a little bit of joy or a little smile in their life. And, you know, that's, that, that's what I do, man. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, from, from the, the stories that I've heard that I've read about people saying, you know, whether it's a, a phone call or, or they open up their, their mail and there's a card from you, you, you're definitely doing that. Uh, so huge appreciation. And, and I will speak for all of the educators that you touch, um, you know, in, in, in showing that appreciation. But before we get started with today's episode, you know, I'm sure there are some people who are like, man, this, this guy sounds awesome. I need somebody like that in my life. Uh, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about, you know, who you are, the role that you play in education, kind of your journey. And then the one thing I always ask people is something interesting about yourself that maybe a lot of people don't know. Okay. So let's start with the interesting part of it. So I am a brain surgery survivor. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, that's probably the most interesting thing about me. I mean, I'm sure there's other things, but, uh, being a brain surgery survivor really sets a tone for conversations. Um, so sure. that in itself is, um, you know, getting a second chance at life, uh, really puts things in perspective. And so I'm in, this will be starting my fourth year as an elementary teacher, um, I I was an assistant principal for about six years, and I also was a special education resource specialist uh, for six years. Um, I'm a first-generation graduate with my associate's degree, uh, my bachelor's degree, and a master's degree in education. Um, this July, um, I just, you know, I celebrated my 22nd year married to my beautiful wife. Uh, we have two amazing kids, one in middle school and one going to high school this year, um, you know, and that's my, kind of my backwards map on where I'm at and where I've been. <laughs> well, first of all, allow me to say congratulations. You know, 22 years. Um, that that that's a mile. You know, I, I know 20 is technically like the milestone, but 22 years that that's impressive. So congratulations to you yeah, and your I appreciate wife. Them. And it's a like any relationship. Um, you know, it's it's a work in progress daily, and so the relationship I have at home with my wife is my core. That's where, um, you know, all my foundational um, through life that I go through starts at. It's at home. And that's, you know, with my family. That's my core. That's who I return to. I, I don't respond to anybody else out in society but them. So, Well, I, I am sure that you received some massive brownie points. I'm joking. <laughs> that's not why you do that. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that is that is wonderful to hear. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Like we... we have so many things, right? Especially when, like, we're in places of administration and other things, right? It's important to have that that core, as you called it, to come back to, to ground ourselves, um, you know, and, and to kind of shed, right, the, the the chaos of the the busyness of the workday at the door and saying, you know, I am home now with my family. And I say all of this while while I'm at home, and my wife's probably like, really, he's recording another show, so. Uh, a little, a little hypocritical there, but you know, but, but, you know, um, your, your, your partner in crime, um, will support you regardless of what takes place kind of thing. And knowing that someone has your back, regardless of what the day brings, um, is truly a comforting feeling kind of thing. So. No, absolutely. And see, and, and, and there you go. There's that, that, that positive <laughs> twist. 
Um, and, and you, you know, you you are right. You know, my my, my wife and I, we actually met. Uh, we were uh, co-teachers, and so it's funny. I, I say that story, and my staff are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were co-teachers, and so you know, we've been on this educational journey together, and you know, she has. She has supported all of the crazy endeavors that I've taken on over the years. Uh, you know, the show being one of them. In fact, we just got back from Dallas and she is paranoid about COVID. And yet she, she jumped on a plane, flew down to Dallas with me, did our conference. Um, and now she, you know, she's telling me, she's like, you know, I love you. Cause I did all that stuff. And I said, no, baby, you know, I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and the, and those are the great moments because if she asked me to pick up and do something for her, like I'm not going to second guess it. I'm going to do it because you know that's how much love and respect I have for her. Now, now I, c- I can only imagine some of our listeners are like, "Wait a second, are are we listening to the counter narrative, or is this like <laughs> relationship 101?" No, no, it is. You know, the the whole point of these conversations. You know, is for one, for me to get to know those individuals that I can't, you know, have connected with so often. Um, but it's supposed to be natural. And we are going to have conversations about whatever comes to mind, whatever is kind of feeling important at this point. And so, listeners, you are along for a wonderful ride as we talk about relationships 101. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and for me, um, if you know me, um, it's all about foundations. Like that's where everything gets built. So, you know, I, I'm curious, Meza, in your journey, right, through through education, and as we're talking about relationships, as we're talking about foundations, as we're talking about, you know, kind of understanding your purpose and having that core, you know, we, we talk on the show a lot about how we are witnessing or we are participating in changing the narrative around education, um, and, and I'm curious if you could share with us just a little bit about the work that you're doing and, and how that's happening. I mean, I would say just from getting to know you, you know, o- over the last year or so, the the amount of positivity that you bring into this space is something that is not often found in conversations around education, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure like you, you've, you've sat in many meetings where it's, you know, negative this, negative that, this isn't working, that isn't working, but you, you seem to walk with this sense of purpose and positivity. So I'm curious how maybe that has even kind of shaped the course in your experiences in education. So, so when I walk in, there, there's always going to be the negative side to everything. That's the first thing that people turn to is this doesn't work. That doesn't work. This won't take place. Um, and that leads to the dark part of education. Well, we've tried other things, but nothing else uh, has worked. And so when you look at things, okay, so what piece of it didn't work, but what piece of it did work? Because we can build on that foundation that did work and find avenues together to facilitate what that works. And I, um, I have a brand new AP this year. And so this is our first year in administration. And so one of the things that I've been really talking about is leading from the middle is you help people above you, you serve people around you, and you support people in helping them thrive where they need to go. And if you're doing that, then you're always going to find a positive way of um, helping people. And I always, I always tell my staff and, you know, when I'm talking to people that you can 
have conversations that are kind. Like you don't ever have to leave that kindness out. You can have conversations or difficult situations and still, you know, be kind about it and leave people with dignity when you talk to them. And I would say like, um, you know, leave people better than you felt them. Um, in some situations, you know, they might be as hard as they, they come and you're dealing with something that you're like, man, this is not going to turn out well. But if you leave people with dignity and you respect them, regardless of the situation, then you've kept the foundational relationship to where your next interaction won't be broken. And it could still be one of those things that you can mend kind of thing. So, you know, I'm curious and, and of course you don't have to, you know, divulge any uh identifying information yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can you would you mind sharing with me and and of course you know the, the listeners you know one of those difficult conversations that you had to have but you did so from a place of kindness um and while you're thinking about that you know this literally happened to me today right i i, I had a situation at work where I was in a very tough spot and I had to have a very difficult conversation with a teacher. And whereas I think my, some of my former administrators would have re responded, you know, by, by admonishing the individual individual, right. And just chastising and, and, you know, whatever it may be, I felt compelled and maybe it was because I knew I was going to talk to you later <laughs> today, but I, but I felt compelled to approach it out of exactly like you said, out of kindness. So I'm not sure where this is going to go yeah. yet. I'm still processing the entire situation, but we both were able to walk out of there, as you said, with a sense of dignity. And so I'm curious, you know, could you share with us maybe how you came about to have these conversations and, and, and maybe an example of one of them? Yeah. So I think it always starts with, um, if it's an individual or individuals always getting both sides of the story. Um, and getting that roadmap together um, to have a conversation uh, with that person. It's never accusing the person of things. It's letting that person tell a story. We do it for kids all the time that are out and about, you know, getting fights or, you know, picking on each other or whatnot kind of thing. So why do we, so why don't we do that for adults? Why don't we let them, you know, tell their story before we jump to conclusions before something happens, um, because, you know, they might have had a morning where we tell our kids, you know, if something happened at home, you know, let us know so we can better facilitate, and, you know, how to adapt to you. And, you know, nine times out of ten, especially for adults as well, too, something has happened somewhere along the line that has brought them to this point. And so we as administrators, as leaders, need to find that uh, that foundation, that root of cause that has brought them to that, this point and help them navigate, you know, where they need to go next kind of thing. And. It can be done in a kind way. Um, I've never raised my voice at anybody ever um, as an adult. Maybe when I was in high school, I did. But, um, <laughs> you know, in my conversations, it's never, I don't raise my voice at people. Because then if I do that, I have broken um, trust with them and possibly the relationship that I might not be able to repair. Um, so if I always stay in the mindset that, yes, I'm having a difficult situa situation or talk. Um, that I can do it out of kindness and trying to really figure out what's the root cause of the situation and how can we together, you know, come to an understanding of where this could lead to next so it doesn't happen in the future. Something you said there, you know, resonated with me, the idea that, you know, I often say this, 
right? and I, I know a lot of other leaders talk about this, that if what we do for students, and we, we talk a lot about that, right? The, what should happen with students, but then we as leaders fail to do that same thing with our staff. Um, and, and so that really resonated with me, you know, we, we need to show that same kindness. And I think, you know, a lot of times what we see happening then with, with, with our teachers when we're upset with them because they're not giving that grace to our students, you know, we, we have to ask ourselves, are we giving them grace, right? Because now they're, they're, they're mirroring the exact thing that we are, that we're doing. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, so no, it, I, I just appreciate you, you mentioning that because it is one of those values that I try to walk with, you know, the, the idea that like, no, like, if I expect this for my students, then I need to do the same thing with you. And, you know, call me out, right? If I'm not doing it, let me know. Um, as difficult as it may be for me to hear that, I need to know. So thank you. Yeah, no, and in doing that, I always tell my staff, it's, um, you know, whenever we have conversations, for me, it's always family first. That's your foundation. That's who your home base is. That's your foundation. And always give grace because you're going to make mistakes. And I would dislike mm. for you not to give someone grace and then you do something as a mistake or fault or whatever, and you don't get that same grace back. And so I always, you know, those are two of the biggest things that, you know, I try to um, approach my staff with is family first, grace always kind of thing. So, And, you know, that, that I think is a uh, an echo of that, that rule that we often hear, right? Treat others the way that you don't want to be treated. And I think while we talk about these things, it makes sense, right? It it works. We, we know we, we've had these conversations. And yet, it is not something that we see all the time. You know, I, I, I think about, I, I was just watching the news this morning, and I saw the, the chaos, like, at the airports, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, people just, you know, just lashing out i was trying to think of a better word there uh but like lashing out at the these flight attendants and things like that um so i'm curious in in your experience even though we i think we all agree i I don't think anybody would be like no meza absolutely not you're not supposed to show people great even though we may agree we don't always do that and and so in your experience what what are some of the reasons why whether it's in schools or in other places we don't see this happening as often as we probably should. So for me as a leader, it needs to be modeled because not everybody experiences grace through the same lens through life. Um, some, you know, adults have had tra- traumatic childhood and, you know, we know kids do. And so if you've never been modeled grace, then you don't know how to give it. And so that's, you know, in any tough situation, you know, I make, I tell my staff, I make mistakes all day long. I'll own up to them and make them right um, because that's deserves me a view and of the situation. But if you've never been modeled grace and it's really hard for someone to give grace. And so that's why, you know, me modeling that for my staff in turn, I would hope that they would model that for our students. And in turn, you know, the community feels that it was too. when you know, even parents come through. Um, you know, offering them grace because I don't know what they go through on a daily basis. So, you know, I, I, I have to <laughs> yeah. ask, and I'm sure, you know, and I'm sure you've heard of this, right? So the, you know, we have summer camp right now 
Um, and I have some kindergartners, like incoming kindergartners. Um, it's you know great opportunity for them to get to you know meet their peers and their teachers right before the school year ever starts. And so the other day we we had our first little altercation between two of our young ladies, and I, I heard the phrase that makes me cringe. And yet I'll be honest, I, I was sitting there and thinking about it um, this afternoon, right before we had this conversation. That you know, well, my mama said, if someone hits me. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we, we as educators, as leaders, we're like, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not how we handle things within our buildings because it's coming from that place of grace. And then I was also thinking of it in, in you know, as a father. Right. Like, well, do I want my daughter to be hit and just, you know, like showing that person grace? And so I'm I'm, I'm wondering just as a, as a fellow leader. How do you approach those situations? How do you try to curate within your own building a place of this is how we operate from a place of grace, despite potentially students receiving a message from home that says, no, right? We don't turn the other cheek. You know, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. And if you don't, when you get home, and I know some of my listeners might be like, wait, what? While others are like, that's that's absolutely right. true. I received the same messages. So I'm curious, how, how do you how do you kind of navigate that space? So with that mindset of, say, your example of your two kindergartners, well, my mom said to hit, you know, someone if they hit me back. Um, that's a generational thing. It's not a they learned it you know, overnight. It's something that has been passed on from maybe you know, grandparents to grandparents, you know, to the parents, to the kid at this point. So it's not just something that has been learned like overnight. It's something that's generational. And when you have something like that, then, I, you know, I have that conversation with the kiddo. They might not understand it, but I'm like, you know what? I, I love that you, you are respectful enough to, you know, follow your parents' directions. Um, but let's look at what this looks like on a school campus. And, you know, these are the things that we need to take place. And then I bring the parents in and have that conversation as well, too. And it's like, yeah, you know, I know you taught your kiddo to hit back, um, but did that solve the problem? It, it didn't solve the problem. It made the problem escalate to a point to where now he or she is now in turn in the, on the same boat. It doesn't make that person any better. Yes, you, mm-hmm. you know, you defended yourself, but you defended yourself to the point where now you cause harm to someone else as well, too. So that really that part of it um, is a cycle thing. It's not an overnight thing. So it's now just breaking that cycle and helping parents, um, you know, supporting them and changing a mindset at that point. I, I really like how you started off with the idea of I appreciate you respecting your parents. You know, I, I think that and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that might be an element that many of us don't acknowledge. Right. And maybe even going so far as, you know, kind of, I don't know, uh, disagreeing with the parent and, and, you know, to the child. And so I, I find it, you know, admirable that that is where you started this idea of, hey, thank you for for being respectful. Thank you for paying attention to the things that your parents have taught you. Right. right? Because we, we are acknowledging, you know, where that child has come from and, and then trying to, to kind of change that course and, and not saying that it's wrong. Yeah. Right. Respecting where it came from and then saying, but how could we do things a little bit differently? Right. So um, and it's, and it's always conversations, because when I talk to parents, I'm, this is what we're trying to incorporate in our school. 
you know, with restorative practices and, and talking things out, you know, after, um, you know, an incident happens and sharing how we felt regarding, you know, the hitting or whatever it might have been so we can build a foundational relationship to moving forward. If this happens again, these are the tools that I now have in my belt or in my toolbox that I can use to navigate the situation or help a friend at that point navigate a little bit differently. So I, I know much of what we're talking about seems maybe easy or even natural. Right? I, I think, you know, like you and I both come from a space. This is something, you know, as you said earlier, like I don't yell. My, my students have, have literally asked me, Mr. Williams, could you just, I want to hear you. Can you just like yell? Right. Like why? That's yeah. weird. Um, but it may come from our own experiences. Mm -hmm. It may come from you know, just, just where we're at. So there may be individuals who are listening and saying, Hey, you know what? This is something I struggle with. I, I struggle with approaching these issues or these situations, uh, from a place of grace, um, you know, maintaining that dignity and kindness. So what are some things that I can do then as an educator to, to kind of shift my practice, right? So that way I can be better at those things. I think, if you know your campus or you know personnel that you see operate in a different manner, um, I would observe them and see how they approach situations. Um, because if you've never done it and you don't know how to model it, it'd be nice to see or just observe someone like in those difficult conversations and how they navigate it. Because no, no two situations are ever alike. Like I tell my staff, like you can have the same situation and it's totally different, but the way you approach it in that manner it's going to make the difference. So if you've never, you know, if you've never seen or done how to approach a situation, um, and sometimes it's from the gut, like you just know, like, Hey, this is how I need to approach it. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but if I put my best foot forward and try to make the situation a positive and a productive situation, then you're going to come out in the end, uh, growing in, you know, what you need to take care of and stuff. So, Ms. I, I want to ask, you know, you, you referenced this yeah. a little bit. This is who you are yeah. now, right? This, this is who you are as an experienced leader, as a father, as a husband, as a, as, as a man of experience. Is this who you always were? Um, and if not, kind of what led you to this place you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you walk with peace, you walk with faith. So if this isn't who you have always been, I'm curious, you know, how did you end up being the person you are today? So um, I come from a family of four brothers and sisters. I'm the oldest. Um, parents were full-time workers. They have a sixth grade education. And so growing up, um, everything was always chaotic and everything was always moving around, uh, you know, we were low income, um, you know, what you got on the table for food is what you ate for the night. Um, you know, not that anything was lacking, but you made sure that you had dinner and whatever dinner was there, you ate it. Like you didn't leave anything behind at that point. Um, so I'm also a uh, second language learner. So my first language was Spanish. And so having to navigate, you know, that alone, and being low socioeconomic was uh, truly hard at some point. 
Um, you know, I, I never intended to go into education. That was never my end goal. And so, um, you know, I, I got into sports, which helped drive me to a better direction. Um, and then I ended up getting hurt. Um, when I talk about that brain surgery, um, I got hurt and I suffered for 12, 15 years with headaches and um, just things that left my body to a point where I have you know, numbness and hyperactivity, muscle loss. And after I had my surgery, I, I took that as a second chance at life. And life is too beautiful to really hone in on let the negativity and stuff really take control of you. Um, and I will say I struggle every morning with, you know, things weighing me down. Um, but I always get in the word every morning like that's And So when I tweet out things, um, it's always from a place where I'm starting from and someone might benefit from hearing that message that, you know, regardless of the demons and the darkness that you face every single day, there is hope. Um, every day you get to take a breath and get up, hug your wife, hug your significant other, do something. It's everything else is a cakewalk. So I, I, I know that that was not necessarily the intention. I, I don't even want to say that because I, I never know where the conversations right. are going to really go. But I, I think that this episode and, you know, they're all kind of unique in their own way. But you are you're definitely bringing that message of of, of hope. Right. Like, yeah, we we struggle. We are human. Our staff, our colleagues, our students, they struggle and are human. And so the same grace and patience and understanding that we need in order to make it through the day, that we need to show ourselves, that we need from other individuals, right? Those individuals around us, they, they're no different, right? They, they, they need that same thing. And so I can only imagine you know, kind of what things would be like, right? What what, the, what our experiences would be like if we if we operated from that place of understanding and patience and and, and love, as opposed to as you, you know, as we talked about right. earlier, just this desire to to punish. Right. And that's when you really start to change the narrative of culture, of people, of relationships. That's when you really in your community, start changing the narrative for your schools and your relationships in your community. Um, you know, operating from the foundations of where you've been and where you're going to go, you know, you tell your story and don't allow people to tell your story for you um, because all stories have a meaning and they can lead you to, you know, circles. I call them dream circles um, of other people that are trying to, you know, do the same thing or trying to, you know, stay positive and be joyful and all those things. So, Hmm. Hmm. You're just, you're, you're leaving me with, with some deep thoughts. Um, you know, I, I often talk about this idea of, uh, you know, like serendipity, right? right? Um, and it, it's been something I talk about more and more lately because I don't know if I'm just paying more attention or, or, or if there's something budding, however you may want to say it, but there, there's a podcast that I listen to. Um, called Revisionist History. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, but I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, 
and Malcolm, I, I want to say it's Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> and so the last three episodes that were just released were about the Little Mermaid. And I was like, wait, what? what is he, what, you know, what is he going to talk about on the Little Mermaid? And it was tied to this because, you know, they talked about the idea within fairy tales that we became accustomed to the idea of poetic justice, right? That bad things have to happen to bad people because that's the way the world works. And, you know, the challenge in the show, I, I, I don't want to ruin it. I, I would encourage, you know, you or anybody else listening to, to check it out was to say, how can we revisit Disney's The Little Mermaid? So instead of being, you know, this poetic justice that it's more of a, like we're talking about today, right? Operating from a place of kindness and patience and understanding. And I, I just, as you said, this is the way that we, we change the narratives of the things that are happening in our schools, right? Whether it's discipline, whether it's grades or, you know, whatever it may be, we, we can definitely change things if we start to operate from this space. Right. Totally agree. Yes. Well, Meza, I, I, I want to say thank you. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I really reflecting about like the show as a whole and kind of the, the, the twists and turns and the different feels. And it's, this is one of those that you, that you sit and you ponder. Maybe you go back and you listen to it a few times. Um, you know, I, I like the idea where you said like leading from the middle. And so, you know, there, there's, definitely nuggets of wisdom here but it's a very powerfully but yet simple idea that you know we we we, we i think a lot of times we talk about cha challenging the narrative and we we want to do these big reforms and well we got to do this and that and it's like no like like operate from yeah. love and if you start, and yeah, right. if you always start with that, then you have a great opportunity to really make a difference. Well, Meza, I, I, I want to say, you know, before before we close out here, I want to say thank you. I mean, I know that you, you know, obviously, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate, you know, you connecting. I know it's been a journey for us to find. Yes, that's been a very a journey in itself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know. I, I, of course, I want to say thank you for the, the work that you're doing in your in your school with your students. But I, I can definitely I, I want to say just, you know, thanks for for the the energy I think that you are putting out into this space. And like I said, it's you are just being authentically you. But when you pop into social media and those other spaces, you feel it. And, and I think we feel it because it is authentic. So I, I just want to continue to say Thank you, thank you, thank you for just for being you. Well, I, I appreciate that, Charles. Thank you, and again, you know, honored and, honored and blessed that I have people around me, um, you know, that help support me and help guide me and help me learn. Because um, it's not always, you know, it's never a me; it's a we thing. Um, I didn't get here, and I didn't learn all this on my own. It's always been the uh, the people around me and the people I've interacted with that really have show me what you know love looks like what grace looks like and all those things so Ms. i i have to ask you then so or 
ask you to share. I, I'm sure there are individuals who are just like, this individual sounds like just the person that I need in my circle, in my PLN, in my my, my life, whatever term they want to use. Um, and, and so if they want to connect with you and, and be you know, just kind of uplifted, right, by, by your presence and everything that you're bringing, this piece. How can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you? Uh, so I am on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Santiago, capital A-M, 115, and also on LinkedIn as uh, Santiago Mesa as well. All right. Well, listeners, you heard it there. You, you could connect with him on Twitter. Um, and on LinkedIn, and of course, I will be sure to share that information, you know, in the show notes. Uh, again, Santiago, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for connecting. And I hope, I know that you're starting up school very shortly here, so I hope that you have an amazing school. appreciate you, Charles, and the, the work that you're doing to make sure that, you know, the stories and the voices of, you know, educators, um, you know, share their stories uh, within circles to help inspire others as well, too. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at The CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.